I can't see the white, but I can see the logo. Do you get it? Their perspective and their perception of what they saw was slightly different. Does it mean they're wrong? Yeah, if they make a religion out of it. What happens over the years is that God loves to download new revelation. And over the years, uh, there's, a, there's a cool book by Dudley Daniel about church history. And you can actually track all the, the church history, how we got different denominations along the way. It started with a man called Martin Luther, who wasn't happy with the Catholic Church. So he took um, his, um, his paper, piece of paper, and all the things um, that he thought was wrong. And he said, it's not, we were not saved by works, we're actually saved by faith in Christ Jesus. And so what he did was, in Germany, he went up to the, the front of this big basilica, and he actually nailed what he thought, what he wanted to change, and what he believed was, was actually correct. So his perception of what the word, from his perspective. Along the years, what happened was like different, we had the Baptists come out of, um, obviously out of the Lutherans, we had the Baptists come up, then the Baptists come out of them, out of the Baptists, we had on different flow in terms of, we had, I think it was Methodist, Presbyterian, we keep on going, Anglican, all the different streams that come up. So now we have 33,000 different angles. That's crazy, eh? But what I can be sure of is this. At the center of our revelation has to be Christ exalted. And our relationship with Christ is the key to everything that we believe. So important fact is that all these different denominations have an outwork here and it's slightly different because I see things different over history. The sad thing is that when you come, come to a point where you have truth, the truth, when it becomes tradition, and you actually lose sight of the truth over time. And you start doing traditional things. And I'm saying that today because uh, even as the gate, we can do traditional things. Like we can come in with a mindset of, oh, this is not how we, this is how normal, we don't sit like this. Who put the table in the middle of the room? Can someone seriously move the table? Because your perception of the way you've done church is slightly different to the way others have done church. But we need to be growing and learning and changing and actually allowing God to transform the way we see things. So even this, uh, we've had this set up for the last three weeks. Some of you are really unsure on whether to sit at the table or just to go straight to your chair. Some of you actually are just wondering why someone else is sitting on your chair right now. Because tradition has become part of who we are. We take truth and we make a tradition. But the problem with that is that Tradition actually nullifies the Word of God, the truth of God in our lives. So this morning, I'm going to speak about perception. I'm going to talk about a couple of stories, and I'm going to talk about how we can actually change, but not just change, but also grow in our perception of who God is. Cool? What was the last part, last slide? Got it? Who's up there? No one? They got missing? Okay, here we go. Your perception affects your reflection. So what you believe, your orthoproxy, orthodoxy, I'll say orthodoxy affects your orthopraxy. What does that mean? What you believe or what you see affects how you live out your life. Straightforward. 
So some of you view God very differently to others. You, you don't like, you might come into a place where it's so loud and your perception of God is that my God is a quiet God and everything has to be quiet. Why are they shouting in the church? This is a holy place. And your perception as you've grown up through tradition is that that's all you've known. Who's like that? I remember coming from a very mainline denomination, and I thought to myself, where's the holy water? Why is there no holy water? Because in my tradition, that's all I knew. And so to enter in God's house, we had to be, we had to actually bless ourselves with holy water. And so during our time on earth, we need to be always learning and growing and allowing God to transform our lives. But the thing is that sometimes we get stuck in a rut. How do you know? We can become very religious in the way we do things. For example, this morning you probably expected maybe two more fast songs. Maybe, oh, I didn't, didn't like that song that's not slow enough. Oh, where's the hymns, Joe? I really want to hear him. So in your own mindset, you've already got a way of actually doing things. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean, it just means your perception is slightly different. Okay, so we're going to have a look at this. So we're going to look at Mark 4. You take your notes, Mark 4, 120. And also, we're going to look at um, Genesis 20, uh, 37. So if you've got your, your Bibles with you, we're going to look at Mark 4 first. And it says, Mark 4, 1 to 20. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat, and he got into a boat, there's Jesus, and he sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. He was teaching them many things and parables. And as his teachings, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and, he was, and as he sowed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprung up. Since it had no depth of soil, and when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell on good soil and produced grain. Growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And it said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 10 says, and when he was alone, those around him uh, with the 12 asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see but do not perceive may indeed hear, but do not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do not understand the parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path, where the word is sown. When they hear, when they hear Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are, and these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. 
Then, when tribulation and persecution arise on the account of the word, immediately they fall away. That's happening today around the world. And others are the ones sowing amongst the thorns. These are those who hear the word, but they are the cares of the world and deceitfulness of riches and desires of other things enter in, and they choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those who were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. Who wants to bear fruit? Hands up. Even if it's thirtyfold, sixtyfold, a hundredfold, who still wants to bear fruit? It's still, it's still more than enough, eh? This morning, when we hear that, the, the, the principle of it is pretty much this, that the circumstances are changed, that are different circumstances. But one element that stays the same is the Word. The Word does not change. What we do sometimes, our perception is that we need to change the Word. No, no, the Word is anchored. The Word does not change. What we need to do is no matter the circumstances in our lives, we need to adapt our lives around the Word. So the problem with this is that if you want to be fruitful in your life, you can't change the word based on your circumstances. Because you might be going for a rocky time right now. You might be going for a hard time or persecution right now. But the word of God has not changed. The Bible says that it will be there until the end. The Bible also reveals to us that Jesus is the word. So the thing is that in our belief, we need to understand something. We cannot change the Word of God based on our perception of the Word. You can't take the Word of God out of context and use it out of context. It's got to be used as it is. Because what happens is that you miss out this wonderful kingdom secret that the Word does not change and the Word brings fruit and life to you if you apply it according to what it's made for. So you can't shift. You have to shift yourself into the Word. So if the, if the parameters of the Word are here, you can't just be on this side and go, I'm going for a hard time, God. God, come and bless me. God, bless what I'm doing. Hey, God, I'm building my business. Bless my business. But God's going, this is my will according to my Word. You need to go into it. Because that's not, that's not shifting. You need to shift. So if you're wondering what's going on, if it comes to persecution or things that are going a bit haywire in life, there's a part of storm um, situations that you may be facing, trials and tribulations, hey, that's okay. Those things happen because it actually grows us and it forms us and it transforms us. But you don't take the Word of God out of context to apply to you. You actually got to put your circumstances within the Word of God and actually from there be anchored in that Word. The Word of God does not change. That's a kingdom secret. It does not change. So you cannot change the word of God according to your circumstances. Now let's go to Genesis. Genesis is a cool, cool story, a story of Joseph. We heard Frank uh, last week speaking about it. But this morning, um, which was a great word, just a reminder. But I want to speak about it a little bit, and then I'm just going to pull some, some things out of it. I want to pray this morning that you would walk out of here totally different in terms of the way you see God. Because every time in the Bible, if you, if you think about it, every time in the Bible, every time someone encountered God and saw God, their lives were transformed forever. One of the classic examples of Isaiah. Isaiah was a prophet who was called by God to deliver the word of God 
to those, there's the, the rhema word, God would give him the word, he was like a mailman, he would take that word and deliver it to the people. But the thing was this, it was out of an encounter with God, where he saw this vision of heaven and God seated on the throne. And he said that, I see the Lord seated on the throne. Like with these eyes, I could see him exalted. And the Bible goes on that the cherubim and the seraphim, if you want to hear about those creatures in the Bible, they're in the book of Revelation. Those are real beings surrounding heaven singing, and all of heaven is crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. It's a beautiful picture. And honestly, if Hollywood done a, like a movie like that, it wouldn't even come close. And you're probably wondering, man, what are, how do these people get these ideas? These are beings that are not in our realm, but in the spiritual realm, they're actually surrounding the throne and going, holy, holy. And they can't keep their eyes because their eyes are everywhere. Holy is the Lord God Almighty. And that's pretty awesome, eh? And then what happened from there was this, who am I? What a humble pose. Who am I? Who am I? A man of unclean lips. Who am I? That God, this infinite God would actually have communication and dialogue with this finite being. It's like me having a conversation with an ant. Let's be honest. That's a perspective we've got to see. It's like, imagine that. You come home and you've got a pet ant. Hi, auntie. How are you? What did you say? Oh, yeah, I can hear you. That's, that's just weird, hey? But this is the, the beauty of this almighty God that we have relationship with, that he actually wants to interact with you and be part of what you're doing because he loves being with his children. And we've got to see it from that perspective. It's, it's massive. The reason why I want to put it in that place is that we're going to talk about the big picture and the small picture because many of our lives are revolved around the small picture. If we saw the big picture, some of the little things that we're sweating about wouldn't matter. Because every, every time, it's like, it's like getting a puzzle. I used to love doing puzzles um, and go to the second-hand store and just get puzzles and just put puzzles together. And I was so frustrated when there was a puzzle piece missing. So frustrated. Where's the sky? Where's the sky? And you put it together and just a piece right at the top near the right-hand corner which is missing. And I was so frustrated. But the thing, what I want to say about that is that when you look at the back of the box, you see the bigger picture and you know what you're working towards. So it gives you hope that that thing that you're putting together looks like the box. Isn't that right? But a lot of times, we as Christians or everyday human beings are just so fixated on the puzzle piece. Oh, I wish this puzzle piece would fit somewhere. Oh, I long to be somewhere. God, what's your, what's your purpose for my life? But if you saw the bigger picture, if you had an idea of the box and what it looked like at the back, you'd be like this, I know where I belong. I know where I belong. I fit into the bigger picture. Instead of focusing on that small little puzzle piece. Because sometimes we do that. And I'm sure God looks at us going, can we just move on now? Can we just move forward now? Because God's a loving Father. And he, it's, for, it's because He loves us. Okay, Genesis... Lived, Jacob, 
in the land where the father had stayed, land of Canaan. Was tending the flocks of his brothers, the sons um, of Bilhan, and the sons of Sephar, and his father's wives, and he brought the father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Jacob. Israel's other name for Jacob, if you're wondering. Jacob, uh, Jacob I mean Joseph, more than any other brothers, because he had been born to him in old age. They made an ornament, a robe for him. When his brothers saw that their parenting one on one, okay, if you're going to buy something for one of your kids and you've got other kids, if you've got 11 other kids, just make sure that all them. My boy, you are the man. You're my. F- Imagine that. All the brothers are going, what happened to me? The kids, the same. Some more than others. That's what the Bible also says. Okay, but here we go. The more... Then any of them, he hated them. They hated him. That's strong. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, <laughs> Prophetic Vision 101. Tell everyone this is what's going to happen, okay? Pray through it. Get the Based on your timing, okay? So the timing of this prophetic picture or vision was wrong. A dream and his brothers hated him even more. He said to him, listen to this dream I had. And stood upright while the sheets gathered around mine and bowed down to reign over us. Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream. And what he said, uh, what he, then he had, um, had another dream and he told his brothers again. So he didn't learn the first time, man. He just kept on going like he was, didn't realize. Uh, listen, he said, I, have an, I had another dream. No, the first one was cool, but he's another one. Um, then he told his brothers, listen, he said, I had another dream. And at this time, the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told this, uh, told Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down? They kept the matter in mind.
It's Genesis 45. And it says, Then Joseph could not... Story? Now I'm telling you the end of the story. I'll fill in all the bits and pieces. This is the end of the story. Sold into slavery. While his brothers throw him down a pit. Sold into slavery. He... In prison, he tells us. Um, tells he, he actually he uh, tells the dream. He's forgotten, and then next minute, uh, the the king has a dream. There, him becomes the two I see of all of Egypt. Pretty cool, eh? This is later on. In Comes a famine. Remember, seven years of famine, famine, seven years of of good seasons. So his brothers and his family don't know where he's ended up because they obviously forgotten. And Joseph could not control himself. So his brothers had come before him. Before all those. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. For they had, were dismayed at his, at his presence. So Joseph said to his brothers, Joseph. When you sold him, this is crazy, eh? You gave up on me. Remember me? Brother. Remember me? Joseph. Remember me? With yourselves because you sold me. For God sent me before you to be five years in which will be neither plowing or nor harvesting. And God sent me for your many survivors. This is a cool way of seeing life. Didn't basically didn't like me. Sold me off. Sold into slavery. Forgiveness in that moment. Massive thing. And he says, you know what? Sold into slavery. I don't see accused of rape. I don't see prison. The plan of God. Because all of us are going to go through accusation, trials, tribulations. All of God sent me before you can get here to preserve your life. 
who was part of the bigger plan. And in this room, you may be thinking to yourself, I can't see the bigger picture. Well, God's got a plan. And guess what? It's not your plan. God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And he's actually trying to align all There's a choice that we need to make. Like, people, or you can live your life blessing people. This is pers- See, Joseph lived his life. He could have been angry when he got accused. He could have been angry. Not be angry or frustrated or said, God, where are you? No, there's no doubt that he went through all Why have you forgotten me? Who's had those moments? Because I have. And I've been answered. That's why we've got to align ourselves with his word. Because in the word, it tells us that he is faithful. And he is faithful. So in this, in this moment where we can look at Joseph's life, he But what I do do today is bless them. Or start blessing people. Because your perception matters. Well. See, I could have been like this. My personal life, I could have been like What, can, what good can come out of cleanliness? We can say that we come from Papakura, from South Auckland. That's how. An idea for us is not to blame people, but to bless them. That's how For me, or we can say God's ideal because He's taking the high road and say, I want to bless Him. But God's got a plan. So, choice number one are you going to blame people or are you going to bless? And when I see the scriptures and I see the way that God outlines His plans, it's a plan with full of. my life out. I hope it's the same for you. I, want, I don't want to blame my boss that I'm not you know, in a job. You know, everyone else didn't trust me, but you trusted me. See, that's the attitude we get. I put and we can stay on this side of blessing instead of blaming. So that's choice number one.
well, the big thing is that you need to be um, in a place of circumstances. Goes, we've got six kids, <laughs> and oh wow! Ooh, ooh. First thing they say, someone said to me during the week was. Hard what? Hard. Blessed man. I'm a blessed man. And they're, they're thinking from a financial We just done the cap course with um, Cherry to get just, just. Okay. Plug in, plug in. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I should have thought about it before. No, no, we, we did. We knew that was the number. Well, who's going to provide for your vision? Um, God. He's a big God, and my faith has to kind of measure up to him. So it's not being silly, because some But don't blame your kid for your situation. So is this, are we going to live in a place of resentment? Hands up if you know life is hard. If you're going to live in a place of resentment, that's a bad place. Every day I get to rejoice. That's why God says, this is the day and be glad. And then, when it's tomorrow, this is the day. Um, so are Christians happy? <laughs> Broken up is the word to wrap yourself with joy. If you look in the mirror, and you're drinking a lot of lemonade, the sour look on your face because what we say can be one thing and then another thing that we act out. You look so happy. What's going on? Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh that's good. Stories. You know, I'm a storyteller. These Samoans tell their stories. A man and man, and his name was Jesus. Place of resentment. Um, you've got to be able to actually work out your, walk out your life in a 
every day. When you get out of bed, and 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 I gotta tell I gotta tell my spirit man to get up first. My spirit man, he's fully alive, okay? And when he gets up first, he's going, oh, rejoice in the Lord. Hurry up! But if I can get into a place where I can wake up every night. Okay, there's something Henry did. Okay. Henry, just let it go, right? Just let it go. I want to encourage us some practical things. Here's some practical things. Number one, need to break open a smile. <laughs> big mirror. We've got big mirrors in the bathroom here. Just, just for a moment, just look in the mirror and go, You know, there's kids, and you practice the kids before they go. Don't smile like that. That's so cheesy. But you know what? As Christians, and that new life has to be a reflection of our perception of Christ. And, and the Bible I don't know whose presence you've been in. Because if it's not the presence of God, I don't know. People don't want to hang out with you if you're actually always, woe is me. And God is big. He is strong. He is So he's strong and so mighty, and we become adults, and that doesn't exist anymore. With joy. Yes, it is going to be hard, but it doesn't change. Circumstances will change. Circumstances will not fit according to what you feel. In the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. I want to sit in that place. Are you going to live a life of resentment or rejoicing? Number three. or restoration is we have pastored people and counseled people a lot of people let go of the past and you tell them it's a, it's like a To where you're at at the moment. And when, what you're trying to do is actually set, set up your sails so you can sail into the future, right? So, down. 
That's what we do in life. And God's going, hey, yeah, the, the sails are up, but the anchor's still down. And it's not going to go like this, zoom. It's just going to go at your pace. Live a life of restoration. He didn't, he didn't focus on his feelings and how he felt in those situations. So don't focus on your feelings, how you're feeling, because you know all of us can be very. A mind, will, and emotions. We're very emotional people. And then when circumstances... ...got caught up in God's faithfulness, that God is still faithful. No matter what... ...God is still faithful. And if we can actually anchor ourselves into that... Your past and people around you is a small part. Resentment is a small picture. picture. But restoration is the big picture. And if we can get lost... How many people around us will be blessed through you? Lots of people will be blessed. The small picture in your lives, but actually look at the bigger picture. Reminds me of some of my journey and some of what I'm going through in this story. The great thing today is that. God, help me. If you believe God, people around you to encourage you to stop being and don't be offended when someone comes around and goes, hey, um, Maybe laugh a bit more. Maybe rejoice a bit more. Because God never changed from the day he got his dream to the day he was. The view of God never changed. Even through the, the dungeon, even through. Um, Let's all stand to our feet. Pete, can I just ask you to just go up in there? Can I ask just to, just to close your eyes? 
Uh, the reason why we ask people to close their eyes is it just stops distraction so you're not looking around. But it's really your time with God and your time just to pray. And some of you are thinking, oh, how do we... I want to live a life of blessing. I want to live a life where I'm just... Just for myself, God, but for those around me. And there's people... blessing well you can be a delivery person for that I would love to catch up because I know you've been through a bad space right now but remind you of the joy of God's salvation I just want to remind you that God is a place where we don't reach out. The beautiful thing about the story because his brothers didn't know that it was Joseph. And today, it's like you, you could sit there all the time and just say, well, I'll just, just go along with what God's doing. meeting, Rob mentioned it, if you put some intent into it and some action into it, say actually I want to bring about blessing I want to bring about restoration I want so God we want to pray today Lord God, that we'll be a people and if you feel like that's you today and you're thinking in your back of your mind, actually being a person that has been a blessing to others, maybe you just feel like I really need God to do restoration. Yeah, cool, that's cool. And that hand to be changed. Because sometimes our pride gets in the way God, I pray that you see these hands of these people, Lord God, who need you even more. For your love for them, Lord God, that all you want for them is that they even today that this will be a new day for them, Lord God, in Jesus' name. I pray that they will be blessed in their coming and their going, that there will be a blessing at their workplace that there'll be a blessing with their family. That every time that they get around people, people want to be around them because they're such an encourager. They're such a person of joy. They're such a person of blessing. They can't wait to hear people open their mouths and bless them. The people of rejoicing, Lord God, in restoration. We pray that this morning, Lord God. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We want to honor you today. Just before we finish, I don't know what your situation is. No, eyes are closed this morning. We've got the kid put the praying. I don't know what your situation is today. You probably don't even, you, you, you come to church and you probably think this is a cool thing to do. But I want to say there's another step in it and that's meeting Jesus. He's the author and perfecter, the Bible says, of our faith. That means you need him to actually lead you in this journey. 
And if you're sitting here or standing here this morning and you don't know Christ, I would love to pray with you. And it's a simple prayer of acknowledgement. God, you know, I acknowledge you today before my, my friends and my family here. I believe that you died and you rose again on the third day. I believe that you're Lord and Savior. Come into my life. Make me whole. Make me new. That's a simple prayer that you need to pray. And if that's you this morning and you don't know Christ, I want you just to shoot your hand up and say, Joe, that's me. Pray with me, bro. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God.